Hello, dear listeners. We are the Language Exchange Society podcast, where we delve into topics related to what it is like to be a polyglot, study languages, and to live abroad. If you want to learn more about what it is like from the people who know best, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to this episode of the LES podcast. I'm here with Julia Lerner, a polyglot originally from the United States. How are you, Julia? I'm good. How are you? I am tired, but I'm fine. Um, so what are you studying? Why did you choose Sterling? Just tell us a bit about yourself. So I'm studying sociology and criminology. And it's kind of a long story how I ended up in Sterling. But basically, my high school really encouraged applying in the UK so they kind of put us all through the UCAS process um and I kind of decided I wanted to do sociology and or criminology so then I just picked the unis and Sterling was just on my list and yeah and then I got in and it was my second choice but because of COVID moved up to first basically and yeah that's how I ended up here and you grew up in Belgium is that correct yeah so I was born in the US. And then when I was four, we moved to Belgium and I lived there for about 13 years, I think. And then we moved to the Netherlands. So I lived there for two and a half years, so my last two years of school, and then moved here. So, yeah. And you know French and Dutch? Yeah, so I'm fluent in French. I did basically all of my schooling in French. Um, and then in Belgium, at least in my school, learning what they call Flemish, so it's like the Belgian version of Dutch, is mandatory in school. Mm-hmm. So I took Flemish for like probably nine years, and then I moved to the Netherlands, and I didn't take Dutch in school, but obviously I was surrounded by it, so I picked up on Dutch there as well, but I'm definitely not fluent in Dutch. I can understand, but I can't really speak it. How many languages do they actually speak in Belgium? Because I don't know there's three like recognized so french like the country split in half so basically the bottom half of the country so they speak french and then so all like the top half speaks dutch and then there's a little corner in the bottom that speaks german Mm -hmm. um so those are the three like recognized languages so do most people speak all of them or is it more of a just whatever area you're in from my experience it's you speak the language from your area but then brussels or the capital most people would probably be like not fluent in both but like have an understanding of both Mm -hmm. um but i would say most people speak one yeah so you're fluent in english and french and then you did or like you know about could you like get by in dutch or um yeah if i needed to i feel like i could Mm -hmm. but i definitely like couldn't hold a long conversation yeah yeah How old were you when you moved there? I was four when I moved to Belgium. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the reason I picked up French is because my parents put us right into the local school. So we were the kids that didn't speak the language and had to figure it out. Kind of thrown into it. But I'm really grateful they did that because we picked it up in a couple of months. I think kids especially are very good at sort of adapting when when they're quite young. Yeah, their brains are like sponges. They absorb it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I was four. So I picked it up pretty fast. Do you remember anything about the US or not really? Um, 
I have like weird memories, like random. Like I remember the floor of our kitchen. Yeah. But, like I don't remember anything about living there really. Yeah. So, did your parents adapt well as adults, or had they kind of, were they kind of tra- traveling? So they had lived before I was born. They lived in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um. For quite a while that's where my older brother was born yeah so they kind of already knew not that all european countries are the same whatsoever but they knew some of the main cultural differences they were already aware of mm-hmm. so for them it wasn't as big but i know when they first moved to europe when they first moved to germany it was like big culture shock for them yeah it is i can imagine it would be quite different to yeah the us um and was it difficult to adjust when you then moved again or as in when I moved like here yeah. or to the Netherlands um I found it difficult when I moved from Belgium to the Netherlands just because there's some very very like stereotypical like things that I just didn't think of like Dutch is a very not a harsh language but the way like when they speak the way it comes across like they're not being harsh but it's just the way they speak and yeah I wasn't used to that because mm-hmm. Where I grew up in Belgium, like small town, like everyone knew each other, like yeah. And then I showed up, and I was like, oh. But other than that, I wouldn't say it was difficult. And then moving here, um, I was really lucky with my flatmates, mm-hmm. especially because I moved during COVID. Yeah, that and that was a difficult time. I think for it me. was really difficult. Like we were all just locked in the flat. Um, but I was really lucky. Like some of my flatmates are still my best friends now. Yeah. So really lucky and they really like taught me I mean some of like just the language is different yeah like I, I can't even think of an example but some words like my flatmate would say I'm like, what does that even mean yeah but she just explained it to me but if I was like on a night out mm-hmm. and I heard someone say that I would actually be so confused yeah but other than that um I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was too difficult yeah I think for international people especially um it's quite difficult to pick up on like Scottish words. Yeah. I know my flatmate's Glaswegian and I am Scottish. Yeah. I was born in Scotland and I struggle to understand oh, yeah. her a lot of the time. Um, so I can imagine it's difficult for someone who wasn't born in this country, even though you English is your mother tongue. Yeah. Um, but do you find that you're more, like you gravitate more towards international students or Scottish students or a mixture of both? Because I know that international students tend to be friends with kind of a mixture, whereas Scottish people... A lot of the time in their friendship group, it's just Scottish Scottish people. people. Um, Again, I think I had a really different experience because of COVID. Yeah. Because when I got here, it was my flatmates. And if you don't like your flatmates, then too bad for you. Yeah. You Um, couldn't exactly Yeah, really. But then I was in a really international flat too. I think it was a flat of 10. And I think only three or four of them were actually from Scotland. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my friend group is pretty mixed. Like... My flatmate now is from England, and then my other really good friend is from the border, so she's from Scotland. Um, but then I also have international friends just because, like, you relate to them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I'm pretty mixed, but I definitely see a lot of international students sticking together. Yeah. Just because, like, they can relate to each other, which I understand. Yeah. There's a lot of um, the... the I've, I've noticed a lot of people from the likes of Italy and Finland, they... Although they have other friends outside of it, their friend group is predominantly those who speak the same language as them, which yeah. obviously you're going to gravitate towards that. But I just wondered if you'd um, had any experiences like that. 
because I haven't really met that many American people or there is I was surprised actually um I know when I was applying for my visa because mm-hmm. that's a whole thing <laughs> um someone you know there's the Facebook group like people that have been accepted for the year blah blah blah, blah. yeah So someone had put a post on the Facebook page saying like, hi, I'm an American applying for this visa. Has anyone had this issue? So then this group chat got created. And so I met a few people through that, but half of them ended up not coming because just the whole visa and COVID and everything was just like a whole disaster. Um, But one of the girls did and I met up with her like our second week here in the first year. And then like on random nights out i'll meet americans and i'm like you're american what are you doing here yeah like but yeah i definitely don't think there's that many considering how international sterling is Mm -hmm. yeah it tends to be like i don't know people from specific countries there's a lot of them and then like i haven't met a single person from the likes of australia or new zealand or anywhere like that and there's only a few a few americans it tends to be i don't know like i say italian and finnish people that kind of yeah i think a lot of it has to do with the european student the tuition yeah that also yeah i think that's might have changed a little bit since brexit i think it has yeah um yeah when when we came to the uni anyway that we weren't we were still was still in place yeah um as someone whose english is your mother tongue um how did you find learning another language if you can remember i know you're quite young yeah so for french um i was really lucky like i said my parents just put us in French schools. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have a choice. Yeah. And also, I think, like, the best way to learn, and I say this to all my friends when they're like, I want to learn. It's just, like, immerse yourself in it. Yeah. Because you pick up on things, like, even, like, someone picking up a pen and being like, or, like, can you hand me that pen? Like, you hear someone say it, and then it's in your head. But if you're sitting, like, learn how to conjugate this verb in this tense. Yeah. Like, who wants to sit and do that? Exactly. So... French was definitely just like that's how it came and then Dutch I didn't hold on to because that's how I was learning was the like here's stuff remember it yeah so I haven't really held on to much of that knowledge Mm -hmm. and then my first semester at Sterling I took Spanish Mm -hmm. I can't even introduce myself in Spanish yeah um and I like to say a big part of it is because it was online but I think it's because, like, that style of learning just wasn't working for me. It was, like, learn your colors, and then the next week you're going to learn your cities, and then the next week you're going to... And I just wasn't retaining any of it. Yeah. So you find it easier to immerse yourself in it completely. Yeah. Like, I think if I went to Spain for a couple of months, I would pick up on it more than if I sat in a classroom. Yeah. I think that's the case, because I can't remember any French that I learned in school at all. And I only did it to National 5, which is, like, the age of six, 16, I think, 16-ish. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I'd learned it since I was maybe about nine until the age of 16, and I okay. still don't remember. Yeah. I, I know, like, bonjour, and that's that's maybe <laughs> yeah. it. I can't, I can't do um, much more. But how long did it take you to pick up the language if you've, like, fully immersed yourself into it? I was speaking French within three months, but I was also four years old. Yeah, so f- a four-year-old version French in the same way that it would be English or yeah slightly different so but I also like everything was in French like I learned to read and write in French I didn't learn to read and write in English Mm -hmm. 
So, but I was really young. Like my brother was, uh, I was four, so he was six or seven. Mm -hmm. And he found it a lot harder. Yeah. So just those couple of years made it harder for him. Did you then find it difficult to write in English if you learn how to write in French then? Because I remember when I was in school, I found it really difficult to write in French. Like it, I, I, had, I had to think about it first before I wrote down it didn't just come naturally. Yeah, so I'm still like that now. <laughs> um, so when I write something or like if I'm like spelling, mm -hmm. I spell in French. Yeah. So I'll write something and I'll be like, nope that's not right so I have to have like the auto correct on my phone because yeah. I'll type a message and it'll just like not be readable because mm -hmm. I think like my spelling is in French um but because I spoke English I think reading it and writing it like came easier yeah um but I don't remember like my mom sitting down and teaching me how to read in English like I don't have like memories of that yeah so I don't know how that went I guess you probably picked it up as well. Just probably. I have no yeah. idea. Do you dream in French? Yeah. Is that like the language that you predominantly dream in? No, I'm like really, I switch back and forth. It depends what I'm dreaming of. Does it like make a difference what you're dreaming of? Or is it like if you're in a French situation, then you dream in French? Or if you're in an Eng English situation, like you're based in? I think it depends on who's in the dreams. Because if I'm dreaming and it's my friends who speak French, then I'll be dreaming like in French. But mm -hmm. then if... It's people that speak English that I'll be dreaming in English. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you've, obviously you grew up in France, but do you think you've reached that level of French where you're never going to lose it and it will always be your, your not your first language, but like, um, or do you think if you don't practice it, then it'll, I think, I think I won't lose it simply because I have friends yeah. that I still speak to that don't speak English. So mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, like, I have to speak to them in French. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a lot of friends that I grew up with who were American, living in the same area as me, mm -hmm. who have now lost their French because they stopped going to school in French and everything and don't speak it at all anymore. So they can still understand, but they definitely don't speak it at the same level as they used to. Yeah. But is Belgian French any different to french spoken in france or like is there a massive difference or is it like american and english yeah it would be like the equivalent of american and english but you know how there's that like hatred that like <laughs> yeah. feud it's the same thing oh okay so like a french person when a belgian speaks like if i'm like one of my friends here she's from france mm -hmm. and when i speak in french she just laughs at me because of your accent because of my accent <laughs> and like certain so like purple I would say move, but they would say move. Yeah. Move, move. So it's like different. So things like that. But it's not really, I don't know. Like we understand each other. Yeah. But there's that like feud. But. Are there different like slang terms as well? Um, There probably is. But I feel like they, they kind of transfer back and forth. And it also depends where you are in the country. Mm-hmm. Because, like, France is so big and there's so many different accents. Well, it's not that big, but, like, there's so many different accents. Mm -hmm. So someone in the north of France doesn't speak like someone in the south. Yeah. And they won't have the same slang either, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have any tips for anyone wanting to learn French in particular? Or just any language in general? I really believe in immersion. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think there's a lot of... 
I actually think watching shows in the language is a really good way yeah. to learn. I, I tutor this girl in English, um, and she, when we did our first session, um, so we do it online, and when we did our first session online, um, we were kind of talking about how we wanted to go about it, like what we wanted to do. Did we want to sit and learn like this or whatever? And we decided to watch a show. So we watch an episode and then we discuss it because it's a way to like, you're interested in what's going on. It's not boring. Mm-hmm. But then you're also like, your brain is absorbing all of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like an at-home immersion into yeah. the language. And you can still have the subtitles. and um, Yeah, I think French, people think French is hard to learn, but it's... I, I think it's an easier... I yeah. think French is easier than some other languages, but I don't know. There's a lot of apps, too, now yeah. that you can use. I, I use Duolingo to learn yeah. like basic levels of things. And when I um, was trying to learn Italian, I watched High School Musical, yeah. but in Italian. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the first time I watched it, actually. But I watched it with um, the Italian subtitles as yeah. well, so I knew what they were saying. What they were saying, yeah. Um, I, th- I think I'd read somewhere that if you watch Disney movies or children's movies that are li- live action in the language, yeah. it helps. Um, yeah. So I've never actually watched High School Musical in English. I've only watched it in Italian. There you go. But yeah, yeah. I really think watching things or just like hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, How much I- do you think someone would pick up if they went to another country and just immersed themselves for like a month? A lot more than you would think. Yeah. Yeah. Just because their brain is like being forced to learn it. Yeah. As opposed to... I think it's interesting also um, how different countries' cultures perceive people that don't speak their language. Yeah. So in the Netherlands, for example, everyone speaks English. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I go in somewhere and I try to use my Dutch, they just respond in English. They don't Mm -hmm. even let you try. Yeah. I or, find that when I go to like France or Italy or anywhere like that, they, yeah. they, even if their English isn't like when I say that good, I mean like their their English isn't like a second language. Yeah, they will always try to speak English back to me because they just know that my French is not up to par. Yeah, yeah. Whereas where I grew up in Belgium, no one spoke English. Yeah. So if I spoke to them with my broken French, like they responded in French. Mm-hmm. So then you learn from it. Yeah, but. That's different places or different mm-hmm. or things like that. So Yeah. Yeah. What is I've heard that like other countries have a different perception of um like England and Scotland and places like that. My friend went to Hungary one I know they're not the same place, but my friend went yeah. to Hungary one time and they find Scottish people and Scottish accents so funny for whatever reason. Um and like they they were obsessed with the fact that she was Scottish. Yeah. Um as, I'm, I'm not saying that like Belgian people are like that, but do they have a different perception of like uh, English and Scottish people than than we do? Or definitely, there's definitely different, and everywhere has different perceptions. So, I just got back from study abroad, and my mm. flatmate was on study abroad with me. Yeah, and she's from England, and every time she spoke, people were like, oh, "You're from England." Yeah, you said you went to California for a study. We went to South Carolina, so East oh, Coast. Yeah. Um, I knew it was a C name. Yeah. Um, and people were, like, amazed by the fact that she was from England and she had an English accent. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've I've met, like, American people before and they try to figure out what my accent is. Yeah. And it's because it's kind of a mixture of both English and Scottish, I think, just depending on different words. But, yeah. 
thank you very much for um coming and being on the podcast thank that was you. it was very interesting yes, thank you that's all for today i hope you learned something new and it made you smile to listen to our other episodes you can find them anywhere you get podcasts if you would like to reach out to us all our social media will be linked in the description join us again next time <laughs> <laughs>